0: morning. Welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. So good to see everyone here gathered together. I hope you made it safely. Those sidewalks were pretty treacherous this morning. Um, but we're thankful that we can gather together again, uh, especially as we begin a new year, uh, to center ourselves around God's Word, to be fed by His Spirit, and to be, see one another and to be with one another. So we're thankful for those of you who are here, for those who are worshiping online. Uh, we're thankful that you can join us as well. A few announcements. Um, again, unfortunately, we have to we, we don't have a nursery or preschool class to offer. Uh, our, our hope is that uh, next Sunday we'll be able to get that back and up and running again. So we apologize for the inconvenience, uh, but we're thankful for your patience. Um, if you turn to the back of your order of worship... I'll just highlight two things for us, especially with the weather being cold and all of us being indoors. uh, Sometimes we wanna find ways to connect and uh, our church is offering two different ways to do that in the month of January. We have an epiphany series where we're gonna be looking at the roles of Christ uh, as prophet, priest, and king. So Pastor Chad and Adonijah are gonna lead that series for us. It's on Wednesday nights uh, in the month of January. Um, I believe 7.30 on the back. Um, and one last thing, Ozzy uh, Santiago will be leading a book study. There's The City of Chicago uh, does this one book, One Chicago uh, series. And the book uh, this for this quarter is called Bedrock Faith by Eric Charles May. Um, and that is going to meet on Sunday, January 30th at 4 o'clock in the community space. So Ozzy would love to Have you join them and others as they discuss that book? Well, as we gather together, as we come in the Lord's presence, let us quiet our minds and our hearts before we enter into worship.
1: Morning, please uh, stand and join us in the call to worship, which is Psalm 72. Blessed be the Lord, who alone does wondrous things.
0: poor and those who have no helper he is pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy from oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight Call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen.
1: Blessed be. Of our God and King Lift up your voice with us sing Sun moon and stars rejoice
0: Eternal and everlasting God the true light of all peoples and nations come fill us this morning with your truth and grace when your people were languishing in Egypt under oppression and slavery and in the bondage of their own sin Lord God you rescued them mightily and restored them to life and renewal in you Lord when your people were in the wilderness lost wandering you found them and you drew them closer to you and brought them to the land of promise and when your people were isolated and separated in exile lord god you graciously restored them to life and brought them back home and lord as we gather together we see our story in these stories lord god some of us are languishing this morning Some of us are feeling the heaviness and the weight of our own sin of our own world around us of our friendships of our families lord we are bogged down by sadness and yet you have promised in christ that you would restore us that as we come and gather together again that you by your spirit will give us grace and renewal lord god we pray for those of us who feel sad who are needing your encouragement, both from you and the body of Christ. Lord, there are some of us who come worn down and tired, even to the point of feeling apathetic towards ourselves, towards our neighbors, and towards our world. Lord, we pray for renewal within our hearts. We pray for those places in our hearts that are callous, that you would graciously come and soften them. And Lord, all of us this day, need to hear you speak by your word and spirit we come needing comfort we come needing hope we come needing strength just for the next hour for the next day lord in particular this morning we want to continue to pray for just the the spread of covid within our neighborhood within the city within our country gracious god we pray that for those who are sick for those who have been affected by the virus that you would restore them to health that you would bring healing or we pray for those who have lost loved ones we are reminded that death is still very present with us in this moment and we need you to draw near to us in those places of pain and loss lord god we also want to lift up our school systems here in the city lord we we feel the weight where it feels like there is not a lot of talking and more anger and frustration is building up or we pray that your your spirit would move that you would bring reconciliation and that the students would be able to return to school or we do pray for the students in particular we pray that you would give them patience as they wait to return to their schooling Amazing God, we ask that your spirit would now move in us and draw to us together here to worship you. We pray that you would knit us together, our hearts in love and compassion towards one another. And may we serve you with our whole person. May we be those who live godly and righteous lives, not to show off or prove we are good, but purely out of your grace and mercy that you have shown to us in Jesus Christ, our set, your son, your son, and our King. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as we gather together, God is gracious to hear our confessions. We, we see him as a holy and righteous and good God and King, and yet oftentimes when we see that, we see our shortcomings, our failures. So he's gracious to hear our confession. We will do this first publicly through prayer and song, and then privately in a personal moment of confession. So will you join me in prayer? Lord God, have mercy on us. Give us courage to see our sins and confess them to you. We pray for you to restore us that we may live a life of peace and joy, and that you may be glorified by our love for one another. Merciful God, in your presence we confess our sin. Although Christ is among us, we cling to our anger and resentment and our judgment of one another. Instead of enjoying the freedom of your reconciling love, set us free to trust in our Savior and to love one another. Amen.
1: Please stand and sing with us.
0: Be seated let us continue for a moment taking our our sins our burdens to our god knowing that he is gracious to hear our prayers and to receive us let us pray God, it is tempting for us to thank that when we are broken, when we are messy, that you want nothing to do with us, and yet your heart that you have demonstrated in Christ Jesus is your desire to abide with us, to draw near to us. We thank you for your forgiveness and your grace in Jesus. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we say these words of assurance together that come from Psalm 33. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. Amen. Rest in the good news of that of, of that gospel.
2: from the old testament lesson today is from hosea 11:1 through 8 when israel was a child i loved him and out of egypt i called my son the more they were called the more they went away they kept sacrificing to the bowels and burning offerings to the idols yet it was i who taught ephraim to walk i took them up by their arms but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zebulim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender.
3: A gospel lesson uh, for today, it's Luke 12, 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This night, your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared. And whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Uh, The word of the Lord. Well,
4: good morning. Uh, good to be here with you this morning in person and also with those joining online this morning we are going to be uh, to spend some time in the book of colossians and in this letter that paul writes to the church in colossae we should know and here it's a letter it's a letter about growing up it's a letter about growing up to become the men and women that we have been created to be about maturing not into some cultural or even religious version of a person but it is about growing up into the people that we were actually made for and in the vision of the new in the new testament growing up into the people who we were meant to be is always synonymous with being a person who is rooted in Jesus who is clothed in Christ. So let's turn together here in in Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Feel free to follow along in your Bibles or just listen as I read. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And this is God's word given for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, I ask by the power of your spirit that you use your word to speak to us again, that we would experience your grace and be changed by it. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we enter our text this morning, there is this feeling of contrast, this feeling of night and day. And it is this contrast that that lies at the heart of this part of Paul's letter to his friends in this little church in Colossae. He's just talked about these things that need to be put off in their lives. Uh, He just talked about the things that need to be put off in their lives of the people who follow Jesus and and we can be honest and just say none of that. None of those things that they were asked to put off. None of it was pretty. (laughs) It was just stuff like impurity. And anger and covetousness and greed and malice and slander and wrath. I mean, these are the things, if you let me put it this way, that make humans go dark that make them break bad and make us spin into all kinds of trouble and sadness and bitterness and shame. And you know, it was more than just a list. It's not just a list that Paul had given to the church, right? It was a picture of a way of being that was filled with grasping and getting and selfishness and loneliness. It was not a life that any of us in here were made for. It was a twisted, a broken parody of what it means to be human. But Paul says, and here comes the big relief, in Jesus we are being renewed, he said, after the image of our creator. Because of what Jesus has done on his cross, in his resurrection, in his ascension, the damage that the old way of life worked in us, the damage that that old way of life worked in the world around us, it is being undone. And we can see this picture of what it is like to grow up in Jesus, this, this picture of maturity, this beautiful, bright picture of what a renewed humanity can look like right here and right now. Friends, this was the human life that we have been made for and so this is how Paul says it he says put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved before we go further into all the things that he is asking us to put on I just want to hover for a minute on these astounding words that he's already said See, Paul uses three words to describe this little church holy chosen and loved and I want you to know that he did not pull these three words out of a hat because they sound nice <laughs> no these are the three words that God has made central absolutely central to the identity of his people right he uses these three words over, uh, over his people again and again and again in the Old Testament. You are chosen, you are holy, and you are loved. Right? These are the words, these words are invigorated from passages like Deuteronomy 7. In that passage, God, he tells his people that they're holy to him, that he has chosen them to be his treasured possession, that he did not choose them because they were great. He did not choose them because they were a mighty people. He did not choose them because it looked like they had their act together. They were not mighty. And they were not great. And they for sure <laughs> did not have their act together. I mean, he says he chose them because he loves them. And friends, this is always, always how it works with God. This is always the way of grace this is always how the grace of god comes to us and i tell you what there is no way that any of us sitting here can ever ever hear that enough god does not offer his grace to us because we look lovely god does not offer his grace to us because we look like we might have some potential God does not offer his grace to us because we have straightened out our act for a week or two and, and now we look better. Right? He offers us his grace because he loves us. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of thing that Paul reminds us of and loves to remind us of all of the time. Listen, he does not tell the church, you could be loved if only you will put on all of these things I'm about to tell you about. He does not say that. He says, you can put on all of these things because you are loved. That's the only reason, precisely because you are loved. You have everything you need to live this life that you're called to live. And so Christian virtue, the the way we live our lives with one another and and the way we live our lives in the world around us, virtues are not some application of some abstract moral code that is floating in the atmosphere, (laughs) That's not how it works, right? Paul is not telling the church, and he's not telling us to just buckle down and to do right. And here's the list, by the way, right, for reference that you need to do what you need to do to do right. Paul's not saying that. Instead, Paul's Christian virtue rests solely on the relationship that we have already found ourselves in. We are chosen, holy, and dearly loved. We are in union with Christ. And it is a union that is completely driven by Jesus' self-giving love for us. So an ethic and, and a virtue that is born out of actual relationship, it is never about just get up and do right. <laughs> you know what happens when I, sit, when I live that way? When I, when I live like just get up and do right, right? I become, I become unbelievably self-righteous. I try to hide everything. I try to hide everything that I do, even from other people. I either try and convince people and God that I have it all together, or I work hard at keeping my distance so that people won't really see the real broken me, or I just become tired and frustrated, and I quit. And Maybe you know what that feels like. But Paul tells us, that our ethic, our virtue, is born out of something far more beautiful than that. It comes from allowing the beauty and the power and the glory of the new life that Jesus has already given to us to flood into every part of our lives. And getting that right, getting the distinction between those two things right, getting the distinction between just do right and be who you are, It is huge in the Christian life. And so if our virtues are based on the life of Jesus being formed in us, then it will be, I hope, no surprise at all that the things that we put on will look like Jesus looks. It will bear a family resemblance. So as God's chosen, holy, and beloved people, we are to put on, the text says, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and forgiveness. Now let me just say something about this list of virtues in Paul's day. A virtue list like this one, they were common in that world. And virtues in the ancient Greco-Roman world were, were how somebody would set themselves apart from the common people. And so the most common virtue of that world that was celebrated and sought out was wisdom, which of course in that world it involved extensive, often extensive education in a philosophical school. And it was also things like bravery, which often coincided with things like military training. And it was also things like self-control and fairness And those virtues would would commonly be praised among politicians or even state officials, right? And so in this Greco-Roman world, the reason that you would develop virtues was to set yourself apart. It was a status thing. It It was to be part of the elite. But when you read the list that Paul puts together, what do you notice about this? Every single virtue that he highlights is about bringing people together. These are the kind of virtues that bind together people in beautiful and life-giving ways. It's not about taking or, or grasping or competing with your neighbor. It is a beautiful and radiant picture of a life that has tasted deeply from the nourishing love and grace of God. My time is limited this morning, so I'm not able to unpack all of the stated virtues, but I want to really highlight one. But I do want to encourage you to sit with some of the ones that we don't get to today. Maybe it's later today, maybe it's this week, to carve out a moment and just sit with them, to meditate, to invite God to connect with you in that space but I want to highlight one and how it may play out in our everyday common life. Well, on this list, Paul invites us to put on compassionate hearts. And the idea with this virtue is that at the core of who you are, the thing that is running through your veins, pervading every part of your life, is that you have compassion for those around you in need. And to Greco-Roman years, That would have sounded way too emotive. (laughs) Maybe it does to us as well, right? And to them, even embarrassing to be like that in public. And frankly, all of these Christian virtues are quite subversive in the ancient world. But here's the thing. Friends, to receive the love of God into your life is to invite his tender and exposing compassion into your heart a face of knowing of seeing clearly the heartache the the brokenness the desperate need for hope and renewal in you is to see all of those things and to not turn away but to join the other with a welcoming and and caring posture i mean it sounds great right (laughs) and yet why might it be so hard to receive to take in some of us, when we meet a face filled with compassion, can be quick to diminish, to dismiss, even curse our need. We may say things like, "Oh I'm, I'm doing fine. don't worry about me. <laughs> but the truth inside is far from fine. It can be filled up with anxiety and fear, even longing. <laughs> compassion and, and the care that follows, can be maybe too concentrated, too exposing to the real and actual pain that someone, m- perhaps even me, is experiencing. So rather than travel through that disruptive experience, right, to be exposed, even a disruption that leads to life, rather than go through that contempt and dismissing one's one's own need for compassion, that that contempt can be a protector. But the difficult bind is that while the heart is cut off from the pain, from being in need and being exposed, right, it's also cut off from the spirit-filled compassion that can bring life to a broken heart. And over and over again, we see this played out in the life of Jesus, right? A blind man, a woman bleeding for years and years, a, a person afflicted with disease, and Jesus, in his compassion, he moves towards them, and he, br- he heals them, and he brings them life. And this activity of Jesus, it can also be, be met with scorn. We see that over and over with contempt, often showing up in religious language and, and about how clean or unclean that person is. And it is this contempt that seems to protect, but in truth, it brings more death and isolation. But friends, this is what Paul wants us to see, that a life belonging to God is filled up with the virtues that bring together, that build up, that disrupt even for the good of another. It's a life that we're meant for, that that Jesus calls us to embody together in our communities, in our families in our experiences with those who are hard to love or who are different than us, we are invited to put on because they characterize the person of God that has come to us in the face of Jesus to, lo- to deliver us from death. As God's chosen, holy, and beloved people, put on compassionate hearts, humility, meekness patience and forgiveness let me pray for us father may we be a people who put on your love may we be a people who live the way you made us to be to love our neighbor our enemies to be compassionate and kind and forgiving people and we pray this in the name of christ amen
1: please stand and sing with us.
0: given us a spirit of cowardness, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. We praise you for your never-ending faithfulness as we join your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. As we gather now to participate in the Lord's table, Christ's table, um, I would invite you to prepare your elements. Um, If you need one, please raise your hand and Rob will get you one. Wonderful. Well, in Hosea this morning, we heard read that God's disposition towards us in our messiness, in our broken relationships in our weakness is not one of shaming, but one of a warm and tender compassion towards us. As Brian had mentioned, oftentimes, when we encounter this compassion, this face of love, it is easy to recoil away. It is easy to want to hide to see ourselves as unworthy. And yet these elements, this bread and the wine, they point us to the one who is worthy, to the one who has given his life for us. In this table, we can practice receiving God's compassion and grace towards us. We don't have to come with status We don't have to fill ourselves with contempt and beat ourselves up, but we can come as those who have received grace in Christ Jesus. If this is good news for you, if you consider Christ as your source of life, then this table is for you. This is not a Presbyterian table. This is not just our church's table. This is Jesus's table. So I invite you to participate with us. For those who are at home or if that is not the case for you, I encourage you to reflect upon the elements as we eat and drink together let me pray now gracious merciful god lord we need to feel your presence this moment as we eat and drink and lord i pray that by your spirit you would use these elements the bread and the wine to strengthen us to draw us near to you in those moments where we want to recoil and hide from you and others we ask that this would strengthen us and that it would ultimately knit us together as your people your holy beloved people we pray this in jesus's holy name amen well on the night when jesus was betrayed after giving thanks jesus took the bread and he broke it saying this is my body broken for you take and eat Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, you proclaim the death and resurrection of Christ. The body of Christ, broken for you, take and eat. blood of Christ poured out for you take and drink. Let me pray as we go out. Gracious God you have promised to sustain us and feed us by your spirit to dwell with us here and now. Lord I pray for us as as we leave this place that you would send us out into our families, our friends, our workplaces, and remind us not only of the compassion that you have extended to us, but the ways in which we can now begin to extend that to others, only because of Jesus. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Well, would you please stand with me as we respond to the table, this good news. Lord Jesus Christ, by your spirit, plant within us self-control, create in us clean hearts, and put a new and right spirit within us that we may live as your people in this world as we proclaim the mystery of the faith.
1: Christ has died. Christ is
0: As our Lord taught us our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen Well, just real briefly, uh, we are thankful for the church's generosity, not only last year, but coming into this year. Um, Part of the way that we worship is responding to the generosity that God has extended to us. So I encourage you, if you can, in any way uh, to to give to the work of the church. We have offering plates in the back, and there's also instructions here how to give online. Let us continue uh, praising God with the doxology.
1: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, O creation.